are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 117. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Our Take segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we start by taking a listener question on Yamana Gold Inc., symbol YRI on the TSX, a dividend-paying Canadian gold producer with a stable of exploration and development stage projects located throughout the Americas. Our second Your Stock, Our Take comes from a listener on Vibe Bioscience Limited, symbol VIBE on the CSE. Uh, it is a microcap U.S.-based cannabis business with the goal of becoming a vertically in- integrated operator. We let you know if the stock looks like a contender or a pretender. While it would have been a dog last week, this week's volatile star is Tesla, T-S-L-A on the NASDAQ, a vertically integrated sustainable energy company. The company is best known as the largest electric vehicle manufacturer in the world with global deliveries of 367,000 vehicles in 2019. We let you know our current take on the valuations of the business. I'd like to welcome my co-hosts again this week, Aaron and Brennan. How are you two doing? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Yeah, I'm doing well. Good morning, guys. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, it's pretty, uh, I mean, I look out my window across the bay here towards the U.S. and it is smoky. We can usually, well, on every day, even unclear days, you can see the U.S. Um, from my balcony here. And uh, for the past couple days, three days, four days, you can't even see across, halfway across, you can't even tell that the U.S. is right out there. The wildfires are truly affecting the air here it's it's uh it's quite the sight we've got orange suns looks like something out of the apocalypse it's uh crazy oh it's been days but, uh, since i've seen the sun we need some rain it's been days. more rain so i'm i'm right in vancouver ryan you're in white rock um you're, yeah. you're closer, a little closer to the U.S. I did notice today, though, that yeah. the, the air quality did improve a little bit. Uh, it was really bad yesterday. Is is right in that unhealthy category on the air quality index. But today, last time I looked, it was moderate. And I think we had a good good rain last night. So that might have helped. Um, yeah, we need more of it. Yeah, well, I've been stuck <laughs> yeah, in the house. Everybody's more. been stuck in the house. I just I haven't been going out. I yeah. like to be able to go out for a run, for a bike ride, walk or something. And it's a little, uh, little depressing looking outside at the apocalyptic sky, but hopefully it clears up over the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah, just more rain. Uh, Vancouver's famous for rain. We've been getting little rain, and uh, we need some more for, uh, to wash out some of those fires, and the, the smoke that's coming up would be great. Uh, now, in terms of uh, our, we're going to get right into the show. We're going to, we got three companies to look at today. So our first, your stock, our take. It's time we answer a question on your stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. 
buy, sell, or hold. Uh, is uh, comes in from Zachariah. Um, he says, I'm a big fan of Yamana Gold. I invested in it without looking at the fundamentals, but it has done well. What's your take now? Uh, well, Yamana Gold, symbol YRI on the TSX, currently trades uh, with about an $8 billion market cap, dividend yield of about 1.3. What does the company do? It is a Canadian-based precious metals producer with significant gold and silver production, development stage projects, exploration projects, and land positions throughout the Americas. That would include Canada, Brazil, Chile, and Argentina. Yamana plans to continue to build on its base through expansion and optimization initiatives on its existing mines, development of new mines, the advancement of exploration projects, and at times by being a consolidator with a primary focus, like we said, throughout the Americas. Let's look at this company's second quarter highlights, its most recent quarter. Uh, EBITDA, or the balance sheet here is okay. The company ended Q2 with around $325 million in cash and cash equivalents. Yamana has paid in that quarter, they paid uh, about or repaid about $100 million of debt. So that's good. The long-term debt stood at just under a billion at $993 million at quarter end, which is very manageable given current cash flow. Now, cash costs are relatively reasonable for this business, uh, $1,020 to $1,060 per ounce, which is expected throughout the second half of this year. Now, if you look at EBITDA in 2019, it was $720 million in that range, expected to jump up to $877 million in that range this year. That is largely driven by the increase in the price of gold. Um how is it trading on a valuation basis? Uh, it trades about 1.8 times net asset value, which is above its peer group, which is at 125 uh, times, 1.25 times. And um, its EV to EBITDA is about 5.7 based on one year out EBITDA. It is, again, that is above its peer group average, which is about 4.8 times. Now, valuations are low compared to the average company on the market, a multiple compared to the average company on the market, but this is typical for a highly cyclical commodity-based company. But Yamana is trading at a high a premium to its peer group, so is this justifiable? Now, if we look at total production growth, um, for in our opinion, it doesn't appear to be so. Uh, if you look at 2017, how many ounces of gold or gold equivalents did this company produce? 977,000 ounces. 2018 went to 1,033,000 ounces, then 2019 dropped down to 900,000 ounces. This year, they expect 808,000 ounces, then a little bump in 2021 to 888,000 ounces. The last two are expected production. Uh, for us, Yamana will likely do as well as the price of gold mid and near term. Uh, if gold rises, Yamana will rise. But we do not expect it to outperform peers given it is trading at a premium multiple to the peer group with a lack of production growth. The wild card would be an exploration win, but that is basically a lottery ticket at this stage. At present, we would prefer a gold producer with a growing production profile over Yamana. Excellent, Ryan. I just took a look as as well at the historical financials on this. You talked about the production growth. That's definitely evident 
in the revenues over the last five years. So they yeah, were down sure. last year. They really haven't grown at all over the past five years. And in, in fact, they declined at 2019, 1.6 billion in total revenues. In 2015, they were 1.8 billion and just kind of just kind of treaded treaded water there or or gone down moderately. So obviously it's what's going forward that matters and not what happened five years ago. But one way of getting a sense that a company is a growth-oriented business is what they've done in the past. And if they're able to continue with that momentum, this obviously there's no momentum with respect to growth. Yeah, I mean, tremendous share price growth um, over the course of this year. That's largely driven by the price of gold and even over the past year, good share price appreciation. The business isn't really growing in terms of production. The price of gold has gone up. We'd love to see if you're going to you know, buy a gold-related company, a, a production profile of growth would be something that I would be looking for um, and a good balance sheet. And, and you know, there's growth in the share price here, likely all because of really the price of the underlying commodity going up. If that turns, this company likely does worse than a company that is uh, has a growing pro our production profile so that's what we'd look for there i mean you look it's it's basically timing the price of gold on this if you look back 20 plus years and you know look back at a chart on this company in in 22 october of 97 for example it was trading at 29 dollars. it's eight dollars and 34 cents today so um over 20 plus years the share price has not done well we want to look back at a company 10 years 15 years and look at a growing share price because the you know business has been built up over time continues to grow uh from year to year it can have some fluctuations but if you look back over a historical long-term chart on the company and it continues to go up over time that's because the fundamentals of the business are growing over time and growing that cash flow in the case of yamana aaron just pointed out there over the past five years there's been basically no growth or a downward trend in revenues. And we've seen a bump up this year just because the price of the underlying commodity went up. For us, that's not good enough. Okay, let's move on to our, um, our, our first or second Your Stock, Our Take of the week. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. And that is on Vibe Bioscience Limited, V-I-B-E. I believe that's on the CSE. Uh, Brennan, you can take that. Yes, thank you. Um, I will just read the question that came in from Matt via email. It is a long one, um, but I appreciate uh, him going into detail. So he says that Vibe is a very small microcap that is very thinly traded. He said he was part of the original IPO, and it has been a roller coaster of a ride. Uh, the stock went from $0.90 cents to $0.02 cents and is now back to $0.60, cents, with a little bit of volume coming back into the stock in the past week. Uh, he says that financials seem good with some quarter-over-quarter quarter growth, um, and they have recently acquired a company that is supposed to help grow the business which it doesn't seem like they did overpay for the, the acquisition. And uh, essentially, he is just wondering if he should uh, slowly try to get out of the company um, since he is finally profitable or if we think that there is further upside potential. Um, so uh, let's get into the business here. So Vibe Biosciences, uh, 
VIBE on the CSE, like Ryan said, uh, currently trading at a price of around 55 cents and has a market cap of $43 million. Now, Vibe Biosciences, its business is to evaluate, acquire, and develop cannabis cultivation and manufacturing assets and retail cannabis dispensaries, uh, predominantly in the U.S., uh, in California, actually, uh, in order to become a vertically integrated cannabis operator. Uh, so the company is primarily growing through acquisition, and it currently operates three dispensaries and one cultivation operation in the state of California. Uh, so on that note of the company growing through acquisition, Vibe recently acquired all the issued and outstanding shares of Cathedral Asset Holding, a licensed distributor in California, for approximately $330,000 uh, in an all share transaction based upon the 30 day volume at uh, weighted average price, which I believe will increase the company's shares outstanding by at least 750,000 shares. Um, and Vibe, uh, as a part of this acquisition, they will also assume the lease obligation from the Santa Rosa facility and the existing inventory of vape products. So based on what we know from this news release, it is almost impossible to say whether Vibe overpaid for the business as there are no details in the potential run rate of sales or adjusted EBITDA. Um, however, just a bit of education here. When a company does make an all share acquisition, this means that the acquiring company is issuing its own shares to the target shareholders to complete the buyout. And hence, the target company shareholders who are getting bought out and receiving shares are thus taking part in the risk of the future operations of the business. So, from this perspective, I do think that it was at least a decent time to issue the shares and purchase the business uh, with Vibe stock trading around uh, 50 cents. Um, because if, you know, if it was a few months ago when it was trading at two cents per share, uh, the dilution would have been horrendous. So looking at the company's financial results for Q2 2020, revenue was up 84% to 5.7 million compared to the same period last year. Adjusted EBITDA increased 600% to $792,000 from only $113,000 for the same quarter last year. And this does look very impressive, but it is growing from a very small base. So just keep that in mind. And earnings per share was, uh, they came in at uh, 0.006 cents per share compared to a loss of about one cent uh, per share for Q2 of 2019. Now, looking at the company's balance sheet to see how well they can support future growth, Vibe has a net debt to EBITDA multiple of approximately 0.5, uh, which indicates as of right now, they are not too levered and could possibly support future debt, but they do have negative working capital, which if this persists into the future, the company may need to raise additional cash in order to finance its current liabilities. Um, so all that means is just that current liabilities are more than its current assets. Uh, so they might need to you know, finance this with uh, debt or more shares in the future. Uh, so this is something to keep an eye on if you are investing in the company. And on a relative valuation basis, the company is trading with a trailing enterprise value to EBITDA valuation multiple of approximately 34 times, which I would say is quite expensive for a relatively new cannabis company that is in a highly competitive landscape and at a disadvantage to many first market movers. So our take here. If it was me holding shares in the company, I would probably take my profit and run. Now, 
The reason being is we have seen companies and shareholders capital absolutely decimated in the cannabis industry due to continual dilution to stay afloat or grow the business. Now, this isn't to say that Vibe will not become one of the dominant cannabis players in the state of California, but because the company is just starting out, uh, it will most likely have to issue additional shares or raise debt to support growth. And right now, the stock trades at a very expensive enterprise value to EBITDA multiple, which might indicate the company is currently overvalued. Uh, I think that right now, the risk is just uh, a bit too rich for my own blood, and it's definitely not a stock that uh, Keystone would recommend to clients. No, uh, we, we would agree with you there, Brandon. Definitely not a stock we would recommend to clients. Um, small company, very early stage financially. They, they did produce about 700000 in cash flow uh, in the last quarter, but you know it's, it's a very crowded space right now. Um, there are some more established, more proven players that we would look at. And I mean, if you've made good money off a speculative company like this, I would agree with you. I'd, I would personally look to, to take some profits. No, I agree. There's just some other names that we um, have, you know, recommended. Another name that we've recommended our top buy in this sector that just, uh, you know, trades at lower multiples despite the fact that it's uh, doubled this year. And, uh, you know, that would be a more dominant name that uh, we would continue to hold and uh, buy uh, at present in this segment over a less established name like Vibe. We'll continue to monitor Vibe, but uh, at this point, uh, it's one that would uh, be one that we just monitor. Now, uh, we're going to move on to our star of the week. From our stars and dogs segment, it's time for this week's star. Star. And that would be on Tesla, and Aaron's going to take that. Tesla, so a company that obviously needs no introduction, symbol is TSLA. Uh, it's currently trading at a share price of $445, and that equates to about a $415 billion market cap. Tesla is best known as the largest electric vehicle manufacturer in the world, with 367,000 uh, vehicles delivered in 2019. But overall, it, 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 it defines itself as a vertically integrated sustainable energy company in addition to their electric vehicle production. They also sell solar panels, solar roofs, and battery storage units for residential and commercial properties. I didn't know whether or not to highlight Tesla as a star or a dog today. I had pegged the, the company as a dog last Tuesday after the share price fell 34% over five trading days, from its all-time high of $500 to a price of $330 per share. However, the stock has made a good recovery over the past week, up 35% to about $445 per share today. Why all this volatility? For one, the stock has been on a tear in 2020, up 400% since the start of the year. When we see this kind of price movement in such a short period of time, we have to expect a consolidation in the share price at some point. This is because some investors will want to lock in at least a portion of the exceptional profits that they've made. Often this profit taking is preceded by some sort of a catalyst. For Tesla last week, there were two. The first was a general pullback in stocks, which was felt mostly in the tech sector. Also, more company specific, was an announcement last Tuesday that future Tesla competitor Nikola had signed a partnership agreement with GM under which GM would manufacture Nikola's first electric pickup truck with production expected to commence in 2022. 
So with all of this said, where do we stand right now on the company? And to answer that question, we need to take a look at Tesla's financial performance. The company released its Q2 results on July 22nd. Total revenue for the quarter was $6 billion, which was down 5% compared to the same quarter in the previous year. There's a big improvement in gross profit margins to 20.8% compared to 14.5% in the previous year. The company also reported $451 million in non-GAAP or adjusted earnings during the quarter. In fact, Tesla has now reported four consecutive quarters of non-GAAP net profit for the first time in its history, totaling $1.4 billion over the past 12 months. From a valuation perspective, this equates to a price-to-earnings multiple of almost 300 times. So that's a huge valuation, very expensive, and certainly implies that the market is expecting substantial earnings growth over the next few years. We are impressed with Tesla that they finally reported their fourth, fourth consecutive quarter of, of positive earnings. However, based on Keystone's criteria, the stock is not something that we would invest in right now. It basically, for us, comes down to growth and valuation. The valuation of earnings is very high at 300 times. Clearly, the market is not really valuing the company based on its earnings, but rather it's being valued based on the possible future growth potential as electric vehicles further penetrate the auto market. But there's too much speculation in that investment thesis for us. Just to provide you with some perspective on the valuation, Microsoft, which is a leading technology company, growing at a double-digit rate and increasing its market share in the high-growth cloud computing space, trades at a price-to-earnings multiple of 36 times. That's 36 times for Microsoft compared to 300 for Tesla. In fact, all of the leading FANG technology stocks have substantially cheaper valuations than Tesla, while generally producing better revenue growth and with far better margins and balance sheets. This isn't to say that I would bet against Tesla. I certainly wouldn't. The potential is real, but rather than speculate what a company could potentially become one day, we believe a more prudent strategy for investors is to focus on stocks that have the growth and value fundamentals that make them attractive investments today. Yeah, and it's a good distinction there. You can... If your portfolio is composed of a bunch of companies, 15, 20 stocks that um, you're hoping will develop into something in the future, um, it is a high risk you're taking in your portfolio. Uh, We would rather position it with companies who are already doing it today and trading at reasonable prices and have that potential as well to develop into something greater in the future. Uh, that way, if you design your portfolio of 15 to 20 to 25 of those type of stocks, stocks with those profile, we believe it's less risk. And also you can have the same type of upside that you're looking for. And that is the type of portfolio that, uh, you know, and the type of stocks that we want to put in your portfolio uh, that gives you the best of both worlds potentially less risk in your portfolio with a strong potential for gain over time. That is what we are you know, looking for when we do our research and we look at individual stocks. Uh, if you have a profile of a company that really has to grow into its valuations and you know, all 15 of the companies that you have put into your portfolio have that profile, in our opinion, it is far more risky. And that doesn't make you mean you can't take a little bit of risk here and there, but we're, we're trying no. to not just maximize the return. We're also trying to manage the risk at the same time. And one way of doing that is to avoid 
situations where we see, you know, an element of, of speculation. In yeah. the, Every in the stock you thesis. buy, you're taking on risk. Certainly. Every equity you buy, you're taking on risk, uh, mitigating And every risk, stock has you know, an element rel- of speculation to other as well, but it, how much yeah, varies from stock to stock. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, staying disciplined in your approach, uh, having a model that you use is key over time. If you jump all around to different types of models, it typically doesn't serve your portfolio building strategy well over time. Now, I think that'll close us out for this week. Uh, I'd like to thank my co-hosts and uh, encourage all of you and all our listeners and our clients to send in our questions to our Ask Us Anything. So any type of question market-related you have out there um, and any questions for our Your Stock, Our Take segments, we'll endeavor to answer those each week. Uh, I'd like to thank, again, thank my co-hosts. Thank everybody for listening. Wish everybody stay safe and wish you all profitable investing. Profitable investing. Thanks, everyone.